When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Couple things about the schedule I want to address. First of all, you and I are way off compared to our listeners and our YouTube posters. I thought Tennessee's schedule was incredibly favorable. And I think you, I think you might have had a date night with the missus last night, or going to dinner. So I don't know how much you looked at our YouTube comments, but I actually did quite a bit. Everybody says the, the schedule is incredibly tough. I think the, I, I, I really believe Caleb that the misinterpretation is we knew who the permanent opponents were going to be. We we didn't know where the games were going to be and when the games were going to be right because. We couldn't be more polar opposites. Your take is that the SEC and national media has an incentive to favor Tennessee, whereas our YouTube posters are saying this schedule is way too hard. Where's the middle ground? There is no middle ground. I'm just right. (laughs) (laughs) And And our listeners are wrong. I love our, I love our listeners. I love you guys. Y'all are just not accurate in your assessment on this guys. There is an incentive. Now, this was not always the case. But just like SEC bias was not always the case, but it's real now, but SEC bias is earned and deserved. They deserve the bias they get. Tennessee bias is not a thing. It hasn't happened in the past. It's happening in the future. It is happening in the future. And the reason it is happening in the future is because Tennessee is good. Everybody knows this is going to be one of the most fun teams to watch in football over the next few years and dave you have constantly (laughs) you have insisted you have impressed this upon me multiple times and i agree college football is a tv show that's what it is it's a tv show and what is a better tv show than an offense that drops 60 points uh you know before brunch on a tuesday and a quarterback like nico iamaliava that can throw for 300 yards and a half and it's going to it's going to be fun and that's going to favor Tennessee heavily. So yes, there is a bias to Tennessee that is coming and it is evident with the schedule. The draw the opponents that was just kind of a draw that they but for for instance, you would think if you were trying to protect all the old rivals when you could just pick eight games for every team, you would put Auburn on Tennessee's schedule next year. The SEC didn't do that. They put Arkansas and Mississippi State on Tennessee's schedule next year. Okay. D- Dylan says schedule isn't tough, but it's not easy either. Uh, Florida and Bama back to back stinks, regardless of how down Florida is. I think a lot. Here's my here here are my thoughts on the middle ground, Caleb. 
I think you and I are 110% on the Nico train. Sure. Well, let's say 99%. Anybody can spit the bit in a game, right? Anybody. Okay. We Anybody. But yes. I don't think it's him based off what I've heard. And we have some inside information that uh, you're, you're not going to hear from anywhere else. I, I've, I've heard he's just fantastic. And that's why I push for him to play during the season. But I think the reason that you and I think the schedule is very favorable is that Tennessee is going to be considerably better next year. So I look at a trip to Oklahoma as a very winnable game. Whereas some people might look at a trip to Oklahoma as an incredibly tough venture. I don't, I don't think it's incredibly tough when they get B plus to A plus quarterback play. I don't think it would have been tough last year. If Cooper Mays healthy and you have B plus to A plus quarterback play. Yeah, it's, and here's where the big difference is going to be. It's not even going to be on the deep passes. It's going to be on two things. It's going to be on the pocket awareness with Nico. And the other part, those back shoulder throws over the middle, many of them were dropped this year. They won't be dropped next year because even though they may not be the most accurate, Nico will actually have the right touch on the ball. So the receivers will catch them. Don't give me this. If you can touch it, you can catch it. BS. Okay. You throw it hundred miles an hour behind someone's shoulder over the middle. It's almost impossible to catch. I don't care how good of a receiver you are. And yeah. Nico is going to put the, it has much better touch. This is the thing where, yeah, me and you are both very high on Nico. And if we're high on Nico, you don't think insiders with the SEC and the networks know about it too and know what they're about to see with Nico? You know that, that they do they not schedule things banking on stuff like this all the time, Dave? No, I, and, and, and I don't say this too. Let's remember this uh, Tennessee was the cat's meow in 2022 right they were the number one team in the nation for a week the media loved them and you're going to have espn affiliated with with tennessee as well and we could talk about the numbers another time caleb but i i still think the promotional tool that espn can be for uh, alabama georgia tennessee uh, can be huge. So if you're ESPN and you're going into this, why they want Tennessee to be good, here's the reason, because you've got a given in Alabama, Georgia, right? You've got a given in Texas. They're going to be popular. Who else is the given? Whether or not they're propping Tennessee up or Tennessee deserves the pub that they're going to get from ESPN, they're going to get a lot of publicity from ESPN. So is Oklahoma. I think they're in that second tier of uh, you know, how big are they going to be? How good are they going to be? Oklahoma is in that second tier. After that, you get to, I think LSU is in that second tier. Those are the programs you're going to want to promote, right? Yes, they're going to promote LSU to first year next year because if Jaden Daniels comes back, they got a Heisman winner at quarterback. Agreed. So that's going to be promoting LSU next year. But you're right. Alabama and Georgia are givens. Texas, just by nature of being Texas, which, by the way, that's why I said yesterday – they coddle Texas with the schedule. The SEC has a vested interest in Texas being good. Isn't it good for the network, Dave, if Texas is good? Just like in baseball, isn't it good if the Yankees are in the playoffs? Don't you want the Celtics and the Lakers in the playoffs in the NBA? Yes. You want Texas in the you want Texas in the race for the SEC title in college football. The SEC needs Texas to be good. And then and by the way, don't think the SEC is not working with ESPN, the network, to determine the schedule to favor certain teams because of what will be best for TV. And you're right. 
Oklahoma, I think it, I think Oklahoma might fall to third tier next year. And I think again, the networks know that you, again, if you and if you and I know that Brent Venables isn't a good long-term fit, the networks know it too. And no, I, I, I think they know that they're in trouble. So now this, yeah, this, I think, I think, I think it comes down to what you and I think about Nico is why we look at that schedule. And I, again, I'm, I'm getting this from people that are, a practice so i'm not throwing stuff out there to get you hopped up if if nico comes out and spits the bit next year i'll be the first to tell you i was wrong but i'm hearing that he's not just kind of good he's really 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 good uh and these these are people that have seen hendon hooker as well uh rocky top bfl says nico is a taller version of bryce young but better well i i think bryce young was a pretty special player so i'm not willing to go that far yet I will tell you this, that he throws on the run and makes things happen in practice like Bryce Young and keeps his eyes downfield. So that stuck out to me on the message board as an interesting comparison because we try to make all these comparisons and nine times out of ten, the lazy way out is to do what, Caleb? It's to make a comparison based off race a lot of times, especially the NBA. Uh, that, that white guy reminds me of that other white guy. He's like Larry Bird. And then the other... <laughs> The, the other the other one is size. So he's not Bryce Young's size. So no, nobody's made that comparison anymore, but it kind of falls in line with, with some things I've heard that are going on in practice. That's interesting. Yeah, but to to address the Bryce Young, by the way, since you said that, Nikola Jokic is the greatest white player in NBA history. I'm sorry. Sorry, Celtics fans. Nikola Jokic is better than Larry Bird. He's the you greatest white shut player your mouth. History. We'll talk about that another time. Um, <laughs> I'm a Larry Bird fan. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but... The thing with Bryce Young, Nico is more is going to be more in a system. Now, I've heard what you've heard. I've heard that there is act, they're giving Nico a little bit more of a leeway to improv and freestyle than you usually do in Hypo system, which that that that's what I've heard. I'm not as tied in as you are with with people that that are that are at practice, but that's going to be interesting to see. But with Bryce Young, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, my my knock on Nick Saban and Bill O'Brien, I thought they just turned loose on Bryce Young and were like, hey, go win us this game and and just let him do whatever he wanted. Kind of very similar. You know, we talked to Fred. Fred felt that the coaches did that to Peyton Manning in the early part of the 97 season when they didn't have a running game yet, which is why they lost to Florida. And I have gone back and watched that game. They did really just turn Peyton loose to the Wolves, didn't they? And say, go win us this game at Florida and by yourself. Well, I think they did that with Bryce Young because the skill position players for Alabama and Alabama standards and a championship standards were down in his first year, right? Or last uh, yes. year. Last year, yes. They yeah, they well, I I think it was because and this happens sometimes. I think Bryce Young was so good, the skill position players didn't step up the game the their game the way they needed to because they felt they could fall back on Bryce Young. And okay, here's 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 another thing from Dylan. I, I, I don't know why we got off on comparing Nico to Bryce Young, but I, I like it. Um, there's a video on YouTube of Nico's head coach who also coached Bryce saying he's going to be a top pick and he has a higher ceiling than Bryce. Um, I agree with that. Nico's being taller does help. I, I just I'm still rooting for Bryce Young in the NFL. I know he's having a, he's struggling his rookie season, but it's I love that guy. I gotta be honest. I, with you, I do too. I and the that. thing I really loved about him is how bright he was because his first year as a starter, he was more intent on throwing it downfield than he was ever running, almost to a fault. But I would rather my quarterback. I would rather Nico come out 
next year, if you're a Tennessee fan, I think you'd rather him keep his eyes downfield, extending plays as opposed to taking off and running. That's the way Bryce Young was. I think based off what I've been told about Nico's presence, that's the way he'll be. Now, eventually you want him to be a runner too and have that threat, but I got no problem if he errs on the side of keeping your eyes downfield, right? None, none whatsoever. And here's the, and, and guess what? What's the most fun thing to watch in football? The deep ball. What is the SEC? No, Tennessee is going to have a lot of next year. Deep balls. So what's the SEC going to do? Put Tennessee on prime time as much as possible because people are going to want to see this. It is a show. And by the way, I, but it, me and you have said it yesterday. It's disappointing if Tennessee doesn't win 10 games. But if Tennessee's nine and three and has like an amazing offense, I'm just going to tell you this right now. If Tennessee's nine and three and they're in that like 11 to 13 range for the college football playoff, they're going to get the nod. They're going to get the favorable treatment from the committee because it's a TV show. And who doesn't want to see that offense in the playoff? No, I, I, I agree with that completely. I got zero arguments uh, with that. Um, as far as Nico being the top pick, uh, yeah, I mean, if, at, at this point, I think things would have to go incredibly south for him not to be a, a top flight NFL prospect. And we, I've, I've talked to a scout that said he's incredibly uh, talented. And the, uh, there were comparisons at the time, who's better, him or Arch Manning. I think that uh, Arch Manning was considered a guy that could play in more systems while Nico was considered a perfect uh, fit for this system. Now, we've seen Arch Manning not take over at texas so uh, like i said there's always a chance you could spit the bit but unlike arch manning we didn't have feedback from practice that we have with nico so we are not that's not that, those are apples and oranges so, th those are guys when they came into school i'm not basing this <laughs> that's what i'm trying to tell people i'm not basing this off of his projections or hype or all that stuff in recruiting. I'm basing this what he's done in practice. And Arch, I think you're I think you're gonna see him do a little something in the bowl game, hint hint. You're you may you may say this is even unfair to Nico because you're not as you're not that high on him and you covered him a little bit more, but I'm gonna say so it's not an exact comparison, but the arch Nico comparison is funny. Because it's kind of to me like the modern gonna be the modern day Peyton Manning Danny Warfel comparison where Peyton Manning was better but Danny Warfel was better in college when they were peers because Danny Warfel was so such a perfect fit for the Steve Spurrier system where he threw for 600 yards and six touchdowns every game. But then again, you would say that if Peyton played in Steve Spurrier system, he would have thrown for those yards too, right? So I guess it doesn't really matter. But Yeah, but I think we all knew coming out that we, we all knew that Peyton Manning was the better prospect, right? Between him and Danny Warfel. Yeah, and, there's a reason Danny Warfel felt like... Yeah, unless you didn't know yeah. football... I mean, that, that that was that was pretty apparent.